0: The new Cinemax original series Quarry is the story of Mac Conway, a Marine who returns home from Vietnam to Memphis in 1972 and finds himself shunned by those he loves and demonized by the public. As he struggles to find work, Conway is drawn into a network of killing and corruption that spans the length of the Mississippi River. Catch the thrilling Cinemax crime drama when it premieres Friday, September 9th at 10:9 central or anytime on Max On Demand or Max Go. Hello and welcome
1: to Indie is very good television podcast i'm liz shannon miller at lizard on the twitters
0: and i'm ben travers at ben t travers on the twitters
1: and you're listening to this on labor day week on labor day week uh you might even be listening to it on labor day though why are you doing that man come on it's a, well maybe you're outside maybe you're outside enjoying the lovely fresh air and sunshine and people also gotta
0: travel people gotta travel as they need pods when they're traveling you could be trapped on a plane you're just about to get on and then you're like oh man new very good tv podcast downloading it got it feeling good
1: yeah, there you go. So I feel, we feel good about the decision to put this podcast out on, on, on this, this like, 1800th most holy of days. I, I mean, know.
0: I feel OK about it. You guys better feel great about it, because we are taking some precious time to make sure that it gets up uh, on the holiday weekend.
1: Yes, when we like to do that in general. Um, uh,
0: speak for yourself, Liz.
1: Oh, fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were talking, I mean, hopefully, if, if you are... Perhaps not an outdoorsy type or a traveling type. If you're perhaps say, "Oh, good, an extra day in which I get to sit home and catch up on television," uh, type person like some of you may be. Um, we have we're we're going to look at we're looking forward at the fall season right now. Just in general, we are doing a bunch of fall t- fall preview coverage, which you w- will be able to read all week on IndieWire.com. It's
0: fall TV preview week, everybody. Uh- Get
1: yeah, we've. That's, I guess, the theme song for our fall TV preview week. It is now. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we were talking about in terms of it, while we were strategizing and so forth, is we were looking at we were looking at shows that are returning shows. These are shows that have a sec that are coming back for a second season or a third season, that maybe don't get the attention they might have last year, and maybe also don't get the ratings they used to get putting them in a dangerous position of not coming around for a third or a fourth season.
0: Basically, we want to save some shows here, and we are, again, reliant on you guys to actually start tuning in. I mean, a few of these I'm sure you, as our devout listeners, already are aware of, already have made your minds up about Um, a few. Maybe we're going to try to switch you back, try try to win you over in case something changed. But really, it's just important that you keep these shows in mind week to week during this very, 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 very busy fall TV schedule so we get more of it, so we can have more.
1: Yeah, because apparently, wait, I don't know if the goal, I now realize that the goal we now have is for us to create more television for us to watch, which...
0: The goal is, in. think of it this way, Liz, the goal is to preserve and create more of the television we already know we like rather than risk creating new television that we may hate.
1: So like when Don't Trust Me in Apartment 23 got canceled and J- James Vanderbeek had to be on CSI Cyber.
0: Yes, that's a interesting example but an accurate one.
1: I mean that's the most that's that still stings for me, Ben. It still hurts me.
0: <laughs> I can only assume otherwise why would it have sprung to mind?
1: Though it did give us us Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. I have a lot of mixed feelings. You think
0: Don't Trust the Bee would have lasted enough seasons to make her ineligible to portray Jessica Jones?
1: In a Perfect World, it would have. Uh, That show's so good, Ben.
0: It's it's good. I don't think it's going to last a decade. That's a stretch.
1: That's true. Oh, it only lasted. It barely lasted two, two seasons. So here's some shows, though, that are still alive, still have a chance.
0: Yes, these are our Don't Trust the Bees happening right now. Yes. Um, first and foremost, I'm not going to spend long on it because I've already <laughs> I've already talked it <laughs> to death. And frankly, if you guys aren't watching by now, there's literally nothing I can say to no. convince you to do it. Um, You're the Worst is on, you guys. Did You're you know? the
1: worst. You're the worst. What? Talk, talk me. This is a television show.
0: It is a television program on the FXX network. Oh. Uh, airing 10 p.m. Wednesday nights. So
1: that's like the Fox network, except they put an O, oh, X where the O is.
0: Yes. I feel like you're making it more complicated than it needs to be, though, Liz. OK. We don't want to confuse anyone. They're already struggling to attract an audience. We don't want to make it harder for the audience to find exactly where we want <laughs> maybe, to go.
1: Maybe this is my, seat, my subliminal, subliminal attempt to make sure that we don't we have less. No, no, I don't. I would never do that to the You're the Worst. I apologize. Yeah. You're the Worst is the best. Yeah. But how is it doing in the ratings, Ben?
0: Not great. Oh, no. So let's get some more viewers over there, including anyone and everyone who's listening right now. You obviously caught up on Hulu because we've talked about that to death. Uh, you're obviously you we've you a
1: lot of lead time on this one. It's not like we snuck up on you last week and said, "Hey, by the way, you know it's a great show. You're the worst."
0: Yeah, I've I've been. I mean, I've probably used that as my best thing or my next thing for the past five weeks. So,
1: just get on
0: it, guys. Like, I mean, and and you know what? Do more than that. When you watch it, tweet about it. Put it on Facebook. Tell your friends. If you're already doing it, try to get out there and become an advocate for this show. It is. It could be the best comedy on TV. It's either the best or the second best. So why would we ever want it to go anywhere else?
1: I got to say, like having met some of the people who work on it, like they are lovely human beings. And in fact, we may even have one of them in the office uh, uh, a Tuesday of of this week, as you listen to this. Uh, Though we won't jinx anything, because who knows what could happen.
0: It's a long Labor Day weekend, Liz.
1: It's a long, lots can happen.
0: But moving on, since obviously we have discussed this ad nauseum. Ad, yes. nauseum, ad, ad nauseum?
1: Ad nauseum. Um,
0: we're we're going to go uh, directly to another comedy that I think may surprise It surprised me a little bit that it dipped as much as it did in its second season, uh, and that is The Last Man on Earth. Mm. Uh, the Fox comedy starring Will Forte, created by Will Forte. Um, frankly, this was one after the first season I wasn't. 100% on board with. I watched every episode. It was definitely new and different TV, which is part of the reason I stuck with it. But it really won me over in the second season when they kind of figured out what they wanted to do with the main character, when they really started to introduce some uh, more dynamic, more engaging, more than just kind of making Will Forte's character look like a dick storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was definitely a step up and a step in the right direction. I cannot wait to see what they do with season three. Um, the viewership dipped by about a third in its second season, uh, which is honestly, you know, it's not a huge surprise to me considering kind of the, the unwelcoming vibe of the first year. But if you did that, make sure to catch up on it now so you can be ready for season three. It is well worth the reinvestment uh, in terms of uh, just, just great TV, just great comedy, and great performances. I mean, everybody on that show does such a spectacular job. It's It's worth checking out just for that alone.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I feel like... I feel like the problem, one of the problems with the Last Man on the Earth, and you probably have the numbers to tell me I'm totally wrong about this, is that it had a huge premiere. It did really well in its first initial episodes, and that was partly because the original, you know, the show as it originally stood was Will For the Will Forte half hour, and people were very interested in seeing what their- where that went. Meanwhile, um, but as as the, ep- the show grew on, and spoiler alert. Will Forte turned out not to be the last man on Earth. It really did. I I feel like I've heard people say that they liked it better when it was. They, they liked the premiere a lot. But then when it became like essentially an ensemble comedy, they were less intrigued.
0: Uh, it's, it's a fair point. It's definitely a, a consideration. Um, and obviously, everything kind of on network dropped in general last year. So it's hard to judge exactly the value of the show or what it needs to survive. But to be safe, let's just say, watch it and get some more viewers. Uh, In terms of that opening number, yeah, it was a huge opening number. Um, I'm not sure if it's the ensemble necessarily that turned them off, but, yeah, even season two's high numbers, like even their best ratings struggled to match kind of the end-of-season numbers for the first season. So uh, it's something that I do feel, no matter what your reason was, something in the first season turned you off enough where you didn't have to come back or you decided to binge it, you know, for some reason, which is definitely an option. But whatever you're doing, make sure you catch up on it because this one is a great one.
1: It is a really, I think the really important thing to note with it is that it's a great comedy, but it's also just, there's a lot of really interesting narrative work happening within the framework of a, what we are calling a comedy. It's a surprisingly, I thought, more complex show than, you know, I think it gets credit for. I mean, when it's not being just like a bunch of people hanging out in a house dealing with their, you know, myriad of issues.
0: Yeah, the broader arcs that it, it decides to use, especially for its mid-season finale and its finale, were substantial. Like, those were something that were challenging a little bit of what you'd come to expect from especially a network comedy. Um, So, no, that's a a very good point, Liz, and and one that I hope makes people want to tune in. Um, I would say at the same time, those individual episodes, kind of the ones that stay out of their own or that are just based in a smaller arc, they are delightful. Like, the season, you don't have to worry about being kind of bogged down by... That character just being a jerk, like he was on a redemptive journey in the second season, and that made everything a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more fun, even when they did take things to a darker place or a very serious place from the larger, from a broader standpoint. Right. So,
1: I will um, say, I will say that any any show that can kind of get me over my antipathy towards uh, the songs from Once is a show worth celebrating.
0: Liz, you would, (laughs) you would, you fun hater, you love hater.
1: I do hate love. But
0: hate so much love,
1: I know. Including, no, I don't hate the show Love. I like the show Love. Mm-hmm.
0: We don't love it, but we like it.
1: We like it, yeah, yeah, love. Easy. We like it. Anywhere, yeah. anyway.
0: All right, you've got to convince me on this next one, Liz. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have any numbers, I don't have a pitch. All I can tell you is it was a critical, uh, except for maybe one or two dud and it was a ratings struggle uh and of course we are talking about liz shannon miller's favorite television program dc's legends of tomorrow the story of time travel with superheroes
1: it's great it's so charming it's not good um
0: (laughs) i don't know i think only the last part of that was true (laughs)
1: um well this Legends of Tomorrow is very much a guilty pleasure for me. Let's be very clear. Let's, let's, let's explain to people that I do actually know what good television looks like. I do. I do. I like You're the Worst.
0: You do. That's true. It's a good point, Liz.
1: <laughs> I like The Leftovers. That show's fine.
0: Like The Leftovers, Liz? Get out.
1: <laughs> point is.
0: Get off of this podcast. <laughs> you do not live here now.
1: Oh
0: no. That was a leftovers reference. No yeah. Oh. Everyone else got oh, it. Oh we got I Just got it. Not you. Because you I... only like it and you don't <laughs> love it. Shame.
1: Good Well, that was a Game of Thrones reference.
0: It wasn't. I can say the word shame without referencing Game of Thrones. Can you? Yes.
1: Mm. Yes. Mm. Yep. Okay. Point is I'm I'm not gonna make the hard sell for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. It is a ridiculous show. It is a show that got so convoluted with its own time travel premise by the end of the season. They literally had to blow up a major element of that time travel premise just so that they could maybe start telling vaguely sensible sor- stories again. However, I do really admire it for what it is. The cast is incredible, like, and I think what what I'm not going to make the hard sell for Legends of Tomorrow surviving for a third season, but that's partly because. If it does not go on to a third season, all of those cast members can be absorbed into the other shows that exist on the CW, thus creating Ben's worst nightmare, but at least making sure that I continue to get to see Victor Garber be snarly and, uh, you know, Brandon Routh be ador- adorably charming and dorky and all that jazz.
0: Brandon Routh being adorably dorky. I, no, Liz, you I've seen the seen pilot it. of this. It is That is not what he is on the show.
1: You don't understand. You don't love Legends of Tomorrow the way I, the way it needs to be loved.
0: <laughs> it it does need to be loved in order even to watch it. So, yeah, it's it's safe to say I do not.
1: How I forgot that you actually did watch the pilot. Yep,
0: didn't understand a lick of it.
1: <laughs> As well, you shouldn't. What's another one on your list?
0: Our list, Liz. Our list. I wouldn't have had the last one you if it the, wasn't my list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You're the one holding it. Is my point. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, next one. Obvious one. I feel like everyone's heard about this quite a bit. Maybe not a whole lot from us, though. So Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was a show that debuted last year to kind of an interesting initial reaction. I think people were wanting to like it more than they loved it right off the bat. Then they really started to kind of catch fire. And by the end of the season, it became an absolute critical darling. Uh, Obviously did very well at the Golden Globes, struggled a little bit at the Emmys, but still secured a couple, what, four nominations?
1: Four nominations. uh,
0: For kind of behind the scenes stuff. All the
1: line stuff, like uh, choreography and music largely.
0: But a very well-respected CW program, as opposed to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, And we are officially, if we have not somehow yet done this, backing the shit out of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great show in a lot of respects. and. It, it does suffer from, I, I forget, I think I think the official name for the syndrome is cougar townitis, where people found the title so off-putting that they decided they didn't want to check it out.
0: Official? Official?
1: Cougar townitis?
0: Official term?
1: I don't know. Probably. I th- official I think, term. I mean, do you want to go? Is there one that, further back than that? I don't that?
0: know. I just, I'm very curious about this. I no, want to know heard, the backstory. I,
1: I don't know if people have officially called it cougar townitis. I might be the one adding, adding the itis. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, but okay, no, but it's it. like
1: it's like Cougar Town, Trophy Wife, a couple other shows that just like you know had these titles which seemed, probably seemed very poppy in the boardrooms and the and the you know conference rooms and the pitches. But unfortunately, like I literally had a good friend of mine see a billboard for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, turn to me on the street and say, "Yeah, that show has a terrible title. I'm not watching that."
0: Yeah, That's just I mean honestly just a mistake you can't really afford to make these days when there is too much tv
1: exactly but it is a show that is really extraordinary in so many respects just on the basis of the fact that they create so many original musicals musical numbers for every episode and they cross so many genres and it's all it's not just like for the sake of doing a, a rap song or something it's for the sake of you know really revealing character and so forth and i think that's you know the kind of thing we look for in good TV these days, even very good TV.
0: Yeah, it relishes its opportunities to experiment with pretty much whatever it can possibly do, including, I thought, in the first season, actively working to, if not earn its title, then to explain its title by season's end. Um, they went to, they went above and beyond uh, in a very creative and ambitious way to justify using that title, and frankly. If you're turned off by the title, I think it's worth watching just to see kind of how that develops over the course of season one. Um, uh, the performances, the the natural charisma and and uh, chemistry between the cast, that's gonna win you over during like during the process. And what they do in season two is gonna be really interesting. They they established an interesting kind of pacing and structuring to seasons in that first in that first one, and uh, kind of what they go after in season two will be very interesting.
1: How would you compare uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's treatment of mental illness to You're the Worst? Are we talking potato, potato, or are we talking like com- apples and oranges?
0: I think we're talking apples and oranges. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, in part because of the, the musical aspect of it. it, takes it to such an extreme. Um, takes it to to a level where it, it's not that it can't be taken seriously, but they want you to engage with it in a different way. You're the Worst was actively asking you to admit to things that are happening in your own life and to stuff that maybe you've seen people struggle with, you've struggled with um, in a in a situational basis that was very... I don't want to say empathetic more like just just very identifiable like in in ways where it's easy to recognize that in day-to-day life because of the way the story that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is told and because of how unique this character is I think that it's kind of approaching that from a more personal specific area I guess maybe personal is not the right word a more specific area specific to this character uh, specific to this person not necessarily something that Everyone can relate to, in the sense that not everyone is going to literally quit their job in New York and move across the country to go after a guy.
1: It's a very thoughtful answer.
0: Well, you put me on the spot, Liz. Who yeah. knows if it made any sense? I blacked out.
1: <laughs> no, it did. I think, like, I think you know, especially the point about how. I mean, it's it's grounded versus heightened. It's and you know, it, it they're two very different approaches. I've, is there anything that's both grounded and heightened in this world? Maybe you know, Legends of Tomorrow. God.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they exist. But the, the nice thing about both of those shows is, I mean, they're not necessarily made for the same people. Obviously, if you like great TV, you're going to watch both of them because they're both great television. Um, but, you know, the different segments of the population that are attracted to You're the Worst and that are attracted to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend are still going to tr- get something out of it because they love the show. If you love the show, you're going to find that lesson and you're going to uh, apply it to your own life, which is which is. A really great thing to do with TV. Yeah, um, let's move on. Yes, we've got two more. Two more that we need to discuss. Okay, um, one of which you brought up, which I thought was doing okay, and I looked at it again. It may need a little bit more help than I thought, which is Brooklyn Nine Nine.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I have I have thoughts on this actually. So Brooklyn Nine Nine, this it just finished its third season or second season? Third, third. And I think the really interesting thing with Brooklyn Nine-Nine is it's a show I genuinely love. I think it's one of the best ensembles on television. Um, I've genuinely enjoyed watching every episode for the most part. Um, But that being said, I think the thing with that show that's really interesting right now is that at the end of season three, and this is a problem beyond anything that ever happened on Parks and Recreation, which was, of course, kind of its spiritual precursor, um, is that... Brooklyn Nine-Nine is surprisingly complex right now in terms of its narrative. It's not a show necessarily, I'd feel comfortable saying you could leap into it any moment. I mean, I never feel like I want people to leap into a show at any moment, but if I was talking to someone casually in between seasons you know, three and four of Parks and Recreation, I'd be able to say, yeah, I think you could probably catch up pretty quickly on what's going on. Uh, even though I'm actually thinking about it, season three ended with leslie and leslie and ben getting together and that was a big deal and uh, maybe this is a ba- maybe it's a bad comparison point is i feel like brooklyn 99 might be at this point in a place where it's losing audience just because it's not gaining audience like it's not it's it might be hemorrhaging a little bit
0: uh, i can't really speak to the last point but i would say that this is a fairly easy one to jump into i mean the without spoiling anything as to where we're at going into the new season i feel like the twist at the end is one that I could explain in a couple of words for anybody who wanted to just jump jump in. Right. Um, I I don't disagree that they have tackled a few more serialized storylines, especially at the end of season two. Um, I think that arc probably covered three or four episodes at most, um, which is which is you know not necessarily the easiest thing for people to keep up on. But I also think that that wasn't that a show that they doubled up on Fox. Weren't they showing like two episodes a night at the end of the year? Or for set, that may be off anyway. The point being, and they did
1: that to Parks and Rec in this last season, yeah. They
0: definitely did it to Parks, um, but they the, the point being more with this, I, I can't really explain why it's losing ratings other than all broadcast TV is slowly losing ratings. Right. Everybody wants to wait and watch this when they can binge it because it's just it's a fun binge, and it is, it's an easy, fun binge, right. and I don't deny that that's that's attractive, but at the same time. Considering the ensemble, like considering the great people involved in this, and considering its early success at awards, and it, it still gets, uh you know, Andre Brower still gets Emmy nominations every year. It does well. um I would expect a bigger audience for this, and I think it deserves a bigger audience. I don't think it's as good as Parks and Recreation, but it is a worthy follow-up, especially, like you said, kind of just spiritually in in the creators' vein.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's a show. I it's a show like we're sp- you know, it, watching it makes me feel good, and that's the kind of show I like. I like to see succeed. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like, it, and it reminds me of like the old days of broadcast where you would assume, oh yeah, a show will a show will never build. A, you know, once a show hits season four, it's hit like the apex of what it's what it's capable of ratings wise. And I don't think that. And it's I feel like th- these days that's not true. I feel like shows grow season after season. We're seeing that right now, actually. One show we were talking about including on this list, but we did not include on this list, because uh, frankly, it didn't need to be on this list, it's doing fine, is Superstore, which NBC gave a first season to, and it did actually really well, and they've NBCs continued to support it, and now it, it had a really strong uh, Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, uh, Olympics episode. And so when it comes back, we should probably expect pretty strong things from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, in general, it's proving difficult for shows to keep gaining an audience on broadcast because all of broadcast is losing an audience. Uh, they're just it's slowly declining as people become less and less willing to engage with the weekly back and forth, as well as when it comes to cable shows, they're just you know they're cutting cable. But um, but yeah, I mean, what's interesting to me about about Brooklyn Nine Nine is just that I feel like it it, necessar- it hasn't necessarily gotten leaps and bounds better but it started so well that if mm. you started this show i feel like it's really hard to quit it it's definitely it's never dipped it's never had something uh like a prolonged problem or a, or a, a story arc that would turn people off or anything other than the fact that broadcast in general is struggling and frankly the biggest evidence of of brooklyn 99 needing a bit of a lift goes with the planned crossover this year with new girl Both of these shows need a little bit of help on Fox, and uh, New Girl is obviously a little bit older than Brooklyn. uh, But the idea that an L.A.-based show about 30-somethings, late 20-somethings living in a loft together and doing nothing, um, crossing over with a show about uh, cops in Brooklyn, and their only tie-in is that they've aired on the same night, I, I don't understand this. This absurdity makes no sense to me. I and when it was announced, it seemed like people split. Some people were like, "This is so dumb, that it's gotta be good," and some people were like, "This is so dumb."
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I I fall into a third category called after I I not only did I survive the announcement of the Sleepy Hollow Bones crossover last year, but I watched both parts. And after that experience, I'm pretty much numb to any crossover ridiculous crossover ever. It's like. You can't, you can't beat that. You can't, you can't, you can't beat Sleepy Hollow and Bones. You can't beat that that particular crossover.
0: Does Sleepy Hollow have time travel in it?
1: Yes, it well, is time.
0: I mean that that seems like an easy one for me. No, though.
1: no. The thing with Sleepy Hollow and Bones, is Sleepy Hollow has time travel in it. Bones does not. That's okay. Bones lives in a bones. It's it's like.
0: Nobody takes Bones that seriously, Liz.
1: It's like Charmed crossed over with, like, Beverly Hills 90210. It makes no sense. I don't know why I went with Charmed. Charmed is not usually a thing I reference. Yeah. They're both
0: cop procedurals. It's like... To me, it's like, because the one has the opening of the time travel, the what other has one...
1: magic? It has literal witches. Literal witches are characters on Sleepy Hollow. Yeah,
0: but nobody takes Bones seriously. Nobody's watching Bones and being like, this is a purity, and we cannot violate the sanctity of the universe established in Bones.
1: There are people who take Bones very seriously.
0: That's terrifying.
1: I know. I was in a. I actually I I went to went, at Comic Con. I was going to one panel, and the Bones panel was before it, so I watched a little bit of the Bones panel. That show has its fans, and those fans are very sad to see it go.
0: Were they pissed off about Sleepy Hollow?
1: No, the Sleepy Hollow didn't really come up. I think we've all kind of collectively agreed to forget that Sleepy Hollow happened.
0: Wait, are you a Bones fan? No,
1: I'm not a. I'm not a Bones fan. I've watched like. You said we. I think we as a people have agreed to forget that the Sleepy Hollow bones crossover happened. I think that's what I meant by that. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Except me, I'm I'm the one person who will constantly bring it up because I watched both parts and it was weird. It was very weird, Ben. I'm
0: sure it was. I'm Anyways. sure that New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine will be too.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying it'll be less weird.
0: I I don't know. I disagree. <laughs> I feel like I feel like maybe maybe for me it's just a personal tendency because I like both of those shows and the idea that like what they're going to have to do to force this to happen scares me so much because i've seen i've seen new girl force things before and that's always the worst of the show like that super bowl episode with prince is terrible it makes no sense and it is so forced and gross and bad it just abandons everything that the show can do well and says we're going to have a guest star and he's a big deal so we'll make it work and whenever they try to do that it's it's just not a good idea so the idea of them trying to make this weird cross country trip that somehow involves the police. I, I just it. It they sounds like a They go to like New York and they get
1: arrested. How hard is this? All right. I mean, I'm just I'm just shocked and horrified that you hate the Prince episode. It's
0: a terrible episode.
1: Good Lord! I mean, I don't have any strong opinion about it one way or the other, but because I don't really have a strong opinion about a New Girl one way or the other. But.
0: Objectively speaking, the Prince episode is bad.
1: Okay. I mean, I I don't know if people agree or disagree with that statement, but I'd be fascinated to find out. So your letters um, go to Liz Liz at IndieWire.com and Ben at IndieWire.com. You don't need
0: to CC me. I don't need to hear any argument for that show because it is invalid.
1: Good Lord.
0: It offended me. Hurt. It hurt me, Liz. It was Terrible.
1: Terrible. Oh, we've unleashed the Schmidt impression. This is going very well. So, what's our last show?
0: Last but certainly not least, Liz is the tremendous Amazon series Red Oaks. I love it. I know you do. That's all I've got to say. But I love it, it. It,
1: well, that's all we know because it has no. We have no ratings for that show because no ratings. No ratings. And I can it, tell
0: you, I can tell you that when we write about it, it doesn't get a whole lot of traction.
1: I mean, it's. It's tough because, in general, I think we've found that a lot of Amazon shows don't get a lot of attention. Even like shows mm-hmm. like Transparent, like we will put out a lot of editorial around them, and you guys don't click on it for some reason. Perhaps it's because not a lot of people watch Amazon originals. I
0: don't know if this is true. I feel like I get pretty good traffic out of uh, out of Transparent episodes, and I feel like we do pretty well when it comes to uh, Man in High Castle, and even Bosch did pretty well, which was. Well, Which is Bosch their, makes was their highest, me. like their most viewed program for a while.
1: Bosch makes sense to me because Bosch is perfect parental television.
0: People, Parents don't read the internet, Liz.
1: They don't read the internet, but they subscribe to Amazon Prime for the two-day shipping, and then they figure out how to put it on their smart TVs, and then they watch Bosch.
0: Yeah, well, Man in High Castle is apparently more popular than Bosch.
1: That is true. That is a fair point. The Uves. I blame the Uves.
0: Yeah, this is, all right. We're getting a little off, but the point, point, point of this Amazon is Amazon can do fine for us. We all can right. see that we can't the see only results. way we can judge results, we can see some things doing very well. Red Oaks seems to be struggling. And, I mean, more than that, just when I talk about the show with, with friends with uh, on Twitter, with people who want to question me about what they should be watching now, I've brought up the show a lot. Most people haven't seen it. Many of the people who I talk to don't even know what it is. Which is very disappointing to me because it is a charming, original, very well-made comedy with with a cast of characters that I want to spend time with. It's one of those shows that once you start watching it, you don't really want to watch anything else. You just want to live in that space for a very long time.
1: I mean, yeah. Maybe it's a title issue. That's not a great title. Hmm. It's not a very invocative title anyway.
0: Well, no. But it's a comedy.
1: Yeah. But still, titles matter. Yeah. As we've discussed. No. Mere minutes ago.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the are you at all disappointed by the fact they aren't going to do a body swap episode? No. This season?
0: No, I I didn't want them to necessarily repeat the '80s tropes that they so well took on uh, during season one, and and their the way the show is constructed has always been in a way where it's it's not trying to just mine on nostalgia, which. Uh, considering how successful mining nostalgia has been this summer and over the past year or so, if not longer. Cough, stranger, thanks. Yep, exactly. Uh, Gesundheit, I mean. Um, Maybe they should be doing that, but in terms of the creative side of it, in terms of the artistic quality of the show, I'm glad they don't do that. I'm glad that this is very honest to its characters. It uses the 80s as a backdrop, if only for the production design, scenery, um, and to get a killer soundtrack of, of... music that you are maybe not familiar with, which is great. A great 80s soundtrack is kind of hard to come by. And them calling that for us is a tremendous service. Um, But really, I mean, Paul Reiser, you know, everybody used to love Mad About You. Hopefully they still do. Mm -hmm. Come on in for Paul, guys. Come on in. He's great. Does a good job. The kids are wonderful. Craig Roberts, killing it.
1: Yeah. Um, We should also, while while we're bringing up the 80s, it's not on our list officially. But, you know, Home Catch Fire deserves some attention. Like, it keeps going. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you liked mm-hmm. the first episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it, it also has the quality of being an 80s show that does a nice job of digging up uh, interesting tunes.
0: Makes great soundtrack. Very true. Yeah. They've got an extensive one on Spotify, and I know that we've got a few listeners out there who very much deeply care about Halt and Catch Fire. Yes. Um, from what I've seen of the new season, it does not seem like it's wrapping up uh, anytime soon. So let's hope for renewal for uh, for viewers' sake.
1: Yeah, Totally. So we've we've kind of done a wrap up on these shows. I feel like the easy question that we want you guys to ask answer for us uh, via email, if you have a chance, is what returning show what returning show would make you the saddest if it got canceled? Like what, what which one like that's coming up in the next year? If it if that was all we saw of it, what would how much would it hurt? Would it hurt that sort of thing?
0: And please do not send us ones that are not ending, like ones we know are not ending. I mean, Empire isn't going to get canceled, so. I mean, does it does not have
1: it. Se- does it have an official renewal for next season? No. Okay.
0: It's a broadcast show.
1: That happens though. Rarely. Yeah, I'm just saying it happens. Rarely. I'm.
0: Liz, what if they came out and renewed X Files for like five more years?
1: They <laughs> basically have. And have just, they? Not formally, but uh, yeah. They they want it. I <laughs>
0: will believe that new X Files is coming when it's official.
1: No, I mean. That is the only time to actually believe it will happen. We just know they want it. Yeah, um, heard that
0: line before. What? Heard that line before.
1: Yeah, and then you know what? They got it.
0: Yeah, like sixteen years later. It took forever.
1: No, they didn't. They didn't want it until recently.
0: It took forever, Liz.
1: Yeah, for the for the best in the, in the long run. For the worst. Um, <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> I, I, I really
0: no, I No, I don't know. I, I don't think that's true.
1: Trying to think. I now. guess if they
0: didn't have, like the that uh, restart of the episode, it could then no, yes, no, it would No, been no, worse.
1: no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would rather watch the entire entire six episodes of the X Files season season ten than rewatch the X Files. I want to believe.
0: Well. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point.
1: Yes. So that's what I mean when I say it could have been worse. All
0: right. All
1: right. Um, I, I
0: guess that's true.
1: I mean, it's not an easy easy call I'm making here. Like, there's parts of my brain that are like, but Liz, what about the opening to episode 6? Remember how bad that was? Liz, what about that crossover? That, that, that crossover, that cliffhanger? Remember how bad that was? There's a lot of that going on in my brain right now, but I'm still holding pretty true to my de- declaration that... I would rather watch it again than the X-Files I want to believe.
0: All right. Well, before we go too far down the rabbit hole of, right. of rough X-Files experiences, because frankly, I mean, it just hurts too much. Uh, <laughs> that's, for,
1: well, that's for my therapist, not you, not a exactly, gentle yeah. listener. We need,
0: we need to work this out on our own time because it's yeah. oh, it's scarring. But uh, but Liz, please tell us, what was the best thing that you well, watched last well, week?
1: Before I do that, Ben, uh, we have comments from oh, Liz. Lips- God. Here we go. What? Comments. From our gentle listeners who Hit wrote us, me. yeah, I'm just going to share a couple of things. It was actually really interesting. So we asked last week, um, do you think about the network you're when you watch a show? Do you think about what network it airs on? And do you have a favorite network? And most of you guys said no, you don't really think about the network. Except like uh, uh, Emmanuel from Costa Rica pointed out that he does think about and he does think about what network he's watching if he is on Netflix and he's watching a Netflix original. Um, Sean Coletti, actually Sean Coletti does say that he thinks about the network when watching a show because it was just see if it plays to or against the network's identity. Um, he really he sh- shouted out for uh, Sundance and uh, how it happened. Leonard was kind of a unique a unique show for them this year and that intrigued him as a result. Uh, but we also he also loves stars though, so I feel like Ben is suspicious of him.
0: As we all should be.
1: And uh, also, uh, our friend, our new friend Matt, uh, basically said that he definitely. No, Matt was the one who said, "Oh, they." they Matt was the one who said that he thinks about networks uh, shows when uh, watching on Netflix. Uh, he, he, sorry, I don't think about the network when watching on Netflix and the like, except maybe when it's a Netflix show on Netflix. Emmanuel um, <clears throat> knows where they come from, but because he knows a lot about TV, but it doesn't influence whether or not he watches it. So. Um, Thank you all for uh, for writing in. Uh, and again, if you want to tell us what to return to show would make you the saddest if it got canceled, that's Liz at com and Ben at com. If you just want to email me, that's fine, because Ben is, of course, uncaring and cold.
0: I care. I like reading them. I like getting—I like knowing that there's people listening and they care enough to write to us.
1: Okay. And Liz, Liz at Indywire.com and Ben at com. And—but um, yes, I will now— Oh, I'll, I will now ask you, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week?
0: Uh, the best thing I watched last week was Atlanta, Donald Glover's new FX, quote-unquote, comedy. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge, guys. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. I don't want people going into this with the wrong expectations because a lot of the time these days I feel like and, – and this the show has been marketed very well, so I'm not saying that, that people are going to assume something because of the marketing – just because it's a half-hour comedy and the actor is Donald Glover, and most people know him from either Community or they know him as Childish Gambino, and you can kind of see how perhaps those two worlds would collide in uh, another half-hour quote-unquote comedy on FX about uh, the rapping community, the the rap culture in Atlanta. It is nothing like anything like that. I mean, it's just—it is a very slow burn of a show. It really takes its time with its characters and its situation— it really plops you down in a world and lets you experience that world in a very specific way from a very sp- specific viewpoint. Um, and I think that's very valuable. I find a lot of it fascinating to behold. Um, I feel like it is a show that has a lot of confidence behind it and knows where it's going and knows what it wants to do. And I'm very excited to kind of see that pay off. I've only seen the first four episodes so far. Uh, they're they're great episodes. It's something that you really want to engage with. but. I do want you to be prepared. Where this isn't necessarily addictive TV. It's not something that's gonna be a thrill ride or, or a laugh a minute kind of comedy. It is. It's. I don't want to call it a dramedy. I'm kind of sick of that term. But uh, it's. It definitely has a lot to think about. It's got some weight to it. So.
1: Yeah. Atlanta. I think all the everything I've heard about. Everything I've heard said about it really intrigues me. I've seen the first two episodes and they also intrigue me. So I definitely need to catch up. Um, by catch-up, I mean, like, watch more of the episodes that are have not yet even aired yet. Television Liz, is weird.
0: Television is very strange. What was the strangest slash best thing you saw last week?
1: Well, you asked about strangest, so I get to say fringe. Oh, um, God. I'm God. almost done with season five. It's great. Um, it's not great great, but it is. it does exist.
0: Our national nightmare is almost over.
1: Whatever. Um, unfortunately, in terms of what I've actually seen, that I can talk about without Ben con- continuing to roll his eyes at me. Uh, Maybe.
0: It's never a safe bet.
1: Well, I mean, I, I didn't hate Narcos Season 2, which I just finished. I
0: didn't... <laughs> this the I... best thing you watched? I'm I am not... rolling my eyes so hard right now.
1: I didn't say I didn't say it was the best. Did I say it was the best? I'm just saying it's the one thing I... Is I've... this your pick? No, it's... <laughs> Finish a goddamn sentence. <laughs> such a jerk. Um, no, the it's. I'm honestly, I'm going to cheat here because I my brain is full, so full of Narcos. It's all I watched yesterday, um, and I've been doing a lot of Spotify. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Spotify stand up lately. Like, there's a surprising amount of like comedy albums available on on the service. If you have it, and it's free. If you don't want to pay for it. And uh, Wyatt Senak uh, had a couple, has two albums on Spotify that were both incredible, like really good stand up, really well written stand up. And I wanna track down the actual visual like recordings of these. But in the meantime, the audio is great. And so that is my pick, Ben. I'm picking stand up. <laughs> I'm, so,
0: I'm so confused right now. Okay, so, so Narcos was better than you thought. Yes. And then the best thing that you're recommending is why it's next stand-up on Spotify. Correct. OK, got it. All right, figured I, it out. How was that hard? On it. I, I, just, I mean, one of, it's not a TV show, so I got confused because it wasn't TV. I mean, I, mean, I cheat I, all the time and tell people to watch the Cubs games, but I mean, at least it's on TV.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it was on TV. It's not really worth it for me to tell them in the past.
1: Yeah. Anyway. That happens. Yeah, what's we're both next, flawed. We're both flawed. What's the next thing you're looking forward to?
0: Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is Son of Zorn. Which is uh, a new comedy premiering on Fox Sunday, um, this coming Sunday when you're listening to this. Assuming you listen to it within the first week it's been out, um, it is a live-action animation hybrid from the minds, uh, well, kind of from the minds of uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who helped out with such great films as 21 and 22 Jump Street, as the well best. as Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, uh, and, you're gonna the, end and on that the Lego one? Movie, uh, if we must. But they um, also
1: created Clone High which is the the best. And actually you can now watch Clone High um, on some on I believe mtv.com. And oh, that's wow. that's and amazing. that's
0: a very specific plug for
1: Have mtv.com?
0: <laughs> I, I mean how do you how'd you find it on mtv.com?
1: I just know well, I just I know that Clone High exists and that they've just been looking for a home for it. And they've forever.
0: been streaming it on it. They're like MTV I'm going to double MTV check. I'm
1: double checking where well, Clone I think MTV originally you know like you know commissioned it.
0: Oh okay. I didn't know MTV really had uh, streaming capabilities. Like I, I, like I knew they did for their shows. I didn't think of them as like a destination for past shows, even even if it was their own. I'm show. I'm looking
1: this up. I'm continuing to look this up, but you continue talking. Uh,
0: yeah, Son of Zorn is delightful. It is. Um, I I really don't know how to describe it. It it's about a it's about a, an animated character from like a kind of a Dungeons and Dragons type world like a fantasy world he's a big ripped dude who walks around shirtless most of the time and has a loincloth and and kills things uh, like giant beasts but he has a family um, that he is trying to get back in the good graces of uh, that are real life humans he is an animated character voiced by Jason Sudeikis Uh, the real life humans uh, include Cheryl Hines and her new husband Tim Meadows uh, as well as his son his name the actor's name is escaping me right now uh, you'll recognize him when you saw him he's great anyway uh, great show very funny I've seen the pilot I was very much into the pilot uh, obviously we'll kind of see how it develops but the experimental side of this kind of thing intrigues me to the utmost especially in terms of Fox Sudeikis is a great voice actor and kind of how they combine these worlds is is pretty wonderful like it's just it's just an engaging show
1: um, I'm going to point. I'm going to. I'm going to. Sorry, correct myself. Apparently, I misread some tweets from Bill Lawrence uh, about Clone High being available somewhere. What a liar! I am the worst.
0: No, not you, Bill Lawrence.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'll. I'll double check. I'll. i We'll figure this out. We'll get to the bottom of this mystery.
0: Did you check fan TV? Is it not, I did. It's not available anymore? No. Oh, that's disappointing. I
1: know. I was very sad. I mean, you can find it bootlegged all over the place, but, you We know. would
0: never encourage that.
1: We would never. <laughs> um, I also wanted to say, Son of Zorin" has one of my favorite actors who shows up in lots of stuff that I never pay attention to, and then I look her up because she looks familiar, and then it's like, oh, yeah, she's in so many things, and is awesome. Um, but Artemis Pen- Pen- Peb... Peb Danny. I think I'm saying that right. Artipus Peb Danny um, is, one of those ac- is again, one of those actors who's in all the things, and you, you always miss out on her.
0: And you know her from?
1: Uh, well, a lot of things, but uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Correct. She Where pla- she plays Artemis. She plays a character named Artemis. Uh, she was also Susan Ross on Scandal. And mm-hmm. in some of the worst sc- episodes of Scandal, Susan Ross was a beautiful breath of fresh air. Like... She has she I, I believe she's no longer with the show. I believe she kind of left at the end of the last season. But she left with one of the best speeches that show has ever done, and that show is basically ninety percent great speeches and then ten percent people doing it. So, you know, saying that's one of the best speeches ever is saying something.
0: That is that is saying something.
1: Um. So yeah, uh, testimony. But she gets to play she gets to play Zorn's boss, and that yeah. seems like a really great role for her. She's Zorn,
0: like kinda... Zorn is very confused by the fact that a woman can be his boss. Well, He's she, he, she, he, she's he he a man. doesn't
1: think she's a woman. Right. Yes. It's a it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing that we'll see if that actually continues to be fun or it starts to get tiresome.
0: Uh, I'm gonna guess it's gonna continue to be fun.
1: Okay. Hopefully. That's why
0: I'm looking forward to it. Also, You're... the uh, the son's name is Johnny Pemberton, the actor playing him. Yeah, actor. He is in yeah. such fine films as Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street.
1: Funny how that works.
0: Funny, funny yeah. indeed. But Liz what are you looking forward to on the television set
1: um it's funny you should say that that way because Uh we might be recording no god
0: (laughs) (laughs) this makes it what are we going to record
1: no we're recording this podcast oh we're recording this podcast on the friday before labor day and one of my favorite things i'm looking forward to Um, One of the things I'm looking forward to most over this Labor Day weekend is sitting down with the VIP uh, HBO app, which provides us our screeners, and catching up on uh, finally getting to watch uh, on Insecure and the new episodes of Divorce and uh, High Maintenance. I'm going for a threefer.
0: You got me all excited. Why? I thought they gave you baller screeners.
1: No, but I should catch up on ballers. Out of out of spite, we all should. Out of spite, I have not been watching the new episodes of Ballers as they air because I want, I want yeah. the screeners. Because I like I I like the screeners, but
0: well, we want to give it publicity. We do. We want to write about how hard the rock ball, and yet and by we I obviously mean Liz. Yes, and I want to read it.
1: I know all of these things are true, and yet they have not given us baller screeners. Who knows? I may get I may catch up on the Ballers this weekend, and then I will watch.
0: What are we two behind?
1: We're two behind. Okay, but we'll, and then well, catch three up on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I will ca- maybe perhaps I will catch up and let The ball- the Rock know how hard he balled for the last three weeks. Do a cumulative rating. It'll have to be longer. It'll have to be more extensive. But I feel like he deserves it.
0: Well, you were saying that you were worried about him. So maybe he has a pretty substantial arc going on right now in which you can rate how hard he balls while he's depressed or while he's crippled or while he's living in Mexico.
1: Yeah, all of these things. Did we make a sandwich bet on that? No, we did not. Okay. No, but, yeah, you know, we might consider it. We'll figure that out off the air. Um, <laughs> and if I do get around to, to catching up on ballers, you'll find you'll find out on indiewire.com, where you'll find also news, reviews, interviews, features as we keep up with the wonderful world of television, including Fall TV Preview Week.
0: Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Bump, bump,
1: bump, bump, bump.
0: Uh, and if you want a, mm, let's say, more professional podcast You
1: always experience. call them more professional than us.
0: <laughs> well, I, don't, I feel like we get a little loosey-goosey, Liz, and maybe that's part of the charm, but uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Other than you should listen to Screen Talk, starring our own Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. Uh, they're the utmost professionals who always stay focused and uh, definitely... Recommend current programming um, that <laughs> that maybe the TV team struggles with from time to time. Namely, yours truly. They definitely don't talk about sports, which is something I'm sure you all want to hear on your podcasts. Uh, so, by all means, listen to Screen Talk with our own Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. And also, we have a new
1: we have a new we have new a new podcast. podcast coming out. Yes, um, and my our own Mike Schneider is hosting. Uh, Turn It On, uh, which is our new podcast devoted to what is happening on television right at this moment. It is a very focused, very informative guide to the week of television uh, that is ahead of you. And you should check it out. It's available on SoundCloud now, and I believe we're getting it up on iTunes soon. So you could be the first person to subscribe on iTunes, and that would make you the coolest person.
0: Uh, Are there supposed to be sexual undertones to that title, Liz?
1: I would never dare to suggest such a thing. I had nothing to do with it. I I really actually had nothing to do with it.
0: But you did have something to do with it because you are on that podcast. So are you. I know, but we're involved. We could be blamed.
1: We could be blamed. It's true. Who knows what happens here in the hallowed halls of IndieWire? Mm. Uh,
0: (laughs) If these walls could talk.
1: They would say, these wow. glass
0: walls and drawers.
1: Yes, and they would say, wow, these people watch way too much television. Um, speaking of which, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers.
0: And you can follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlit with an I and then an E.
1: Correct. Uh, email us again to tell us what show, re- returning shows would get canceled and make you the saddest. I'm not phrasing that well at all. I apologize for that. They get it. They get it. You guys are smart. IndieWire, Liz at IndyWire.com, Ben at com, And in the meantime, you guys... Keep watching television.